When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, my friends and fellow podcasters. This is Jessica Kupferman coming to you live from our Facebook page and YouTube and a few other things. Um, This is episode 299. Wow. Do we have any fanfare scheduled for 300? No, we do not. We We don't do that. We do not. But, you know, I'm excited that we've hit 299. It feels like a, all of them feel like an accomplishment, but 300 specifically is an accomplishment. Anyway, with me as always, the slightly subdued today, Elsie Escobar, who looks like she's falling asleep a little bit, and the ever-present, ever-energetic, ever-hilarious John Jamingo, our producer. Hello. Who's not showing his face for whatever reason, on video. Well, we're trying to do that thing where I'm producing in the background, so you can't mm. see me moving around and doing things. Or I, I like I'm, and again, it's just because we're producing and I'm on camera. If I want to do something, I still have to kind of look at the camera and pretend like I'm interested in what you're doing, because right, I feel yeah. if I'm not and I'm moving around and looking at other things, it looks that they would then train. What's John doing? Yeah. So now I can do it, and you can see me there. Not you me. can just be what like if uh, yeah that's right it could be me because I I do that even while I'm all right yeah. I, or I'm getting a thing to show myself so okay here we go I'm looking at myself head on and I realize how much right now I I resemble Mrs. Potato Head Mrs. I don't, really have I don't like even a, know what Mrs. Potato Head yeah me either she has glasses and oh, lipstick right. big giant that okay. you can red put lips. on like it's like she's like a plain you know there's like holes where the Mouth, eyebrows, eyes, nose, whatever, and you put them in, and she's got very round glasses and like full pink or red lips. Anyway, I just my head is potato shaped today, and I don't know why, but I'm you know I'm gonna work on it. I'll just go like this so nobody can see my other chin. Anyway, all right, let's go. So, um, yeah, so we have a show for you today. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks. We're getting ready to do it. This morning I was on a show called Fashion Crimes Podcast by my my friend Holly um, Cates, who is a camp friend of mine who I'm coaching, and her fabulous co-host Nolan. And basically because it's Fashion Crimes, I had to turn myself in to the police um, for all of my Fashion Crimes, which are plentiful. Right. And then, you know, I had to do some confessions and then, you know, they, they... you know, read me my rights and then let me off the hook. But I have a lot of fashion crimes that I make. I mean, I don't know why I'm telling you, Elsie, because you're, I don't want to say you're a criminal. I, I think that I am. But some of those pants you could be arrested for. I can't, I, yeah, you are, you would be correct. And I, the thing about yes. you though, is that you have a very specific style. And that is the one thing that I've always been missing is a specific, my specific style is, 
tracksuit with like floral earrings. <laughs> like I don't, I I don't have a specific thing happening. Like I'm always mixing and matching, and I always look weird. So um, I guess she's going to help me with this, but. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Part of their help is to have me like purchase high fashion couture, uh -huh. which is the most depressing thing to shop for in the world because it's so flipping expensive. Like, how does anyone? I can't understand how anyone would care about fashion when everything is like three hundred dollars. Like, I don't, I don't want to spend three hundred dollars on shoes or pants or a shirt. I just I don't, don't want understand to. that. I don't get it. You but. actually have a tendency to spend more money on clothes than me because you pick the one piece you can't live without and then you'll spend what, what I would normally spend on 10 pieces on the one yes. piece. Yes. I usually, I am very picky about the thing that I want and how it needs to fit and I do a lot of research. So when I pull the tr trigger or pull the plug, I which one is it? Pull the... Pull the, pull the trigger if you're going to buy trigger. something. <laughs> when I pull the trigger... Yeah. <laughs> When you pull yeah, the plug, what, it means you're ending something. Pulling the trigger means you're you're going for it. I'm going for it. Okay. When I pull the trigger, I know that I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that thing, and it works. And the end. Like yeah. I know that I'm not gonna let it go. I actually still have clothes. Like, I was just thinking about one of my my overalls, my one of my first pairs. I got it in my when I was 25. I still have those. I hate you. Anyway, so uh, I can't fit in anything. I don't have anything from when I was 25, except yeah, my I have, I totally my oldest clothes. child. Now, though, Jessica, oh, my God, I have him. That's great. I've been giving my T-shirts that I've had for a long time mm -hmm. to my daughter. So now Hunter Smart. gets my T-shirts, which is crazy that she fits my shirts. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I Holly yeah. also told me that podcasting T-shirts is not a category of clothing. And I was like, but it is, though. That's what you don't understand. But it, it is. It truly is. I, I have go so many podcasting T-shirts. And they are some of the most comfortable and lovely shirts I own. That is a full-on clothing category like socks or handbags, podcasting T-shirts, regular T-shirts. Right. You know. Fancy, like dress-up T-shirts. Yeah. I have dress-up T-shirts. I have dress up t-shirts. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Anyway. Anyway. Whatever. Let's keep going. This is like, I'm going to. Okay. So before we get started, let's put across the screen. If you want to be part of our community, our text community, go ahead, pull out your phone and go to um, the phone app, 302-240-3425. That's 302-240-3425. Type yes, and you'll be added to our texting list so you'll know when we are recording live, when we're doing QAs, when we're doing all the things. Yes. And now let's just do a little, a quick bonus. For those of you who sign up, we'll give a shout out to your podcast. So just text us the name of your podcast right now. As we're recording. So if you now. get, if you are here live, you get the bonus. For those of you who are listening, sorry. Don't maybe do next it. Time. <laughs> but uh, later on. But text, even if you're already signed up, just send it over. Or if you have a business, I know that you guys, there's some of you out there, loves that have uh, podcasting businesses instead of uh, a podcast. So please share those. And I, I'll give you shout outs throughout the episode if you sign up. Okay, and we'll see who the first one is, and then maybe they'll get a cookie. I got cookies from our marketing company. Cookie. It was really awesome. I loved it. Okay, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, I just want to tell you 
maybe the last time about SaneBox. If you go to SaneBox.com, if you're one of those people whose inbox makes you absolutely insane, do you obsess about how many things are in your inbox? I do. If I have over 50, I'm stressed out at any given time. So I love SaneBox because it kind of reshifts all your emails into sections that you can deal with. So all the stuff that you can deal with later goes in a later folder. All the stuff that, you know, is like a receipt goes in the receipts folder. You can design them however you want. You can also, they have some, they have archive, they have later, they have the one where you just like, oh, the black hole, the stuff that you don't want to unsubscribe to, but you don't really want to see is the black hole. You know, like you have friends whose newsletters you're stuck on. That's the black hole. And it's really helpful. Stuff doesn't go away. You can see everything. And this way, only the most important stuff comes into your inbox. So check out samebox.com. Let us know if you've tried it, what you think. It's under $15. And I love it. My ADHD brain loves it. It helps me (laughs) stay super focused as, as if that's possible. Okay, moving on to the next thing, which is, I think, the news. The news you can use for the informed podcaster, podcasting news. Right on. And before we get totally into it, let's give shout outs here. We have Shauna from A Journey to Awareness. We have Carrie from Podcast Editors Mastermind. We have Andrea, the creative imposter. And we have the mighty Nisi from Pain Free Zone all here saying hey, hey. Hey, hey. Shout outs to all. Woohoo. Yay. All right. All right. Okay. Pro tools. All right. So, Elsie, you put this one in, so I don't know if you want to. Yeah. So, which one? The pro tools? Oh, yeah. So, this Mm -hmm. was an. Speaking of Carrie, uh, Carrie Eric from the Podcasters Editors Master, the Podcast Editors Mastermind, Mm -hmm. she actually shared this article with me and she posted this on Facebook as well. It's an article from The Verge that brings an awareness a little bit that something that I hadn't really thought about because I think there's a lot of not disparity, but like a different world that we, and I'm saying we, those of us who podcast in this fashion that are we're sort of self-starters and doers of our own thing and creators of our own work, the majority of, in, you know, the 98% of us don't really do a lot of this stuff. But here's a title from The Verge. It's an article titled, Pro Tools Proficiency May Be Keeping Us From Diversifying Audio. You know, the subheadline is the Pro Audio's app prohibited pricing has become a gatekeeping technique. And it's really a conversation around Pro Tools, which is a DAW, a digital audio workstation, but it's like super full of things. Many, it's like layers upon layers upon layers of things that you can do with Pro Tools. And it's a a refined suite of things that can be done with Pro Tools. It is it's sort of like, what is it? If you're creating some a work of audio, I guess, Pro Tools is possibly one of the places you would go. In fact, I remember one of my best friends who is a musician and songwriter, one of her very, 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 very first investments in the money that she used her money when she first sold some of her music was to buy Pro Tools for herself. And she showed me the thing and I was like, wow. And she told me how much it was then which was a lot. And it looks to me here, it says that tuition for Berkeley's online Pro Tools certificate, for example, amounts to $6,000. I don't quite know exactly how much Pro Tools itself is. 
John, you are welcome to go find how much Pro Tools <laughs> chart is itself. But it seems like whenever you are looking for audio, like editors or producers or anything like that, that really work with these tools, one of the main things that you're to know how to use is Pro Tools. And in order for you to learn and have and be proficient at Pro Tools, you have to invest like a lot of money, money that a lot of us that are doing this editing stuff and working from scratch, or maybe like some of us who have been podcasting now for like over a decade, what I use is Amadeus Pro and GarageBand and Auphonic. And I know how to do a lot of things, you know, Mm -hmm. to be dangerous Mm -hmm. to some degree, doing pretty well to some degree. I mean, I'm not saying I know how to solve every single problem, but I feel that I could deliver a quality product, maybe not pristine, Okay. But I, I'm willing to work, but I know how to use my tools, but I wouldn't know, I, I would immediately not be able to apply to for a lot of these jobs because I don't know how to use pro tools. And it seems like they don't like audition, which I was a little bit shocked. What? I guess there's a little bit of a, like a, oh, mm, kind of a feeling. So it's weird because I've never looked at pro tools and the licenses go from, uh, if you're an academic, it's $99. Then you get a, a, a standard license for two ninety nine. Then there's the one with one year of updates five ninety nine. Then if you get the ultimate license, it's twenty six hundred dollars. Ouch! Right. So it's the industry standard DAW. Well, wait, hold up. Industry is in like what? See, that's what I'm talking about. Like. Here's where I feel that there's a difference. It's the industry for the film industry. For the fi- okay, this is true. And actually, music. I would I would venture to say, unless somebody corrects me, the music industry as mm-hmm. well. So I guess they're using like that tool as the way to do these things. But as you know, with podcasting, that's like there's Hinden. I think Hindenburg is a fantastic doll. It's a great tool. It just I think it does possibly the same things and it has a way for you to record in it. I mean, I don't know enough uh, record um, like a Skype recording or Zoom recording built into the actual thing, which is fantastic. In the notes of this card, I'm going to put a, a comparison chart so everyone can see Audition versus Pro Tools and versus Hindenburg and some other stuff. Again, I think basically what it is, is what you grew up on is what you know and what you're comfortable with is what's the best editing tool. Mm-hmm. I grew up on Audacity. Then one of my clients said, hey, we want you to use Audition. So I, I went to Audition and, and now I love Audition. Now I can still go back and use Audacity. But one of the things I could never learn how to edit in was GarageBand. It was the wonkiest thing for me. It never made any sense. Everything that I had in my mind, the way you did things, did not work in GarageBand. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I understand that conversation there, John, but it's like, but think about like the business that you've built, right? Where if you wanted to like, let's say scale up, maybe if you really wanted to have a lucrative, you wanted to level up your being a podcast producer or a, a podcast editor in a way that you really only wanted to work with like a, a level up in terms of the quality of production, maybe a more intricate process where you're layering sounds a lot more and, you know, all of those sort of NPR type highly produced shows because you wanted to create a viable profession for yourself and be paid more money, right? 
then the only way for you to do that would be to, you have to learn this in order to do that. Where I guess my challenge is, I think that knowing your work and knowing how much you study and knowing how, how you've observed and listened to so much, I feel you could figure it out with the tools that you have right now. You might have some issues arise that maybe there's some things that you haven't quite done yet, but I think the finesse of that you could figure it out based on whatever tools you have now. Well, we, when I say we, my nephew also edits with me and he has, he has worked with Wondery and he has worked on a show where they have a sound design and he had did all the sound design where someone was walking by a creek and you hear the creek and you hear the footsteps and he layered that all in and we only work in audition. To be honest with you, in my personal humble opinion, what happens is these big companies, when they first start, that someone says, oh, you need Pro Tools. So they all get Pro Tools. And now they don't know how to do anything else but Pro Tools. So what they say to you is, you must work at Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. And that's it. If they would have done it in Audacity or uh, if they started with Audition or uh, what's the other one that everybody uses? It's like $89 and it's a really good doll. I can't think of the name Reaper. of it. Reaper. Reaper. That's it. Another one is very powerful and you can do all, you can do basically everything you can do in Pro Tools in 99%. The only one I'm not 100% sure is, is Audacity, but I think you can still do it in Audacity. You can do all the same things in all these dolls, basically. And they've deemed Pro Tools is the go-to professional thing. And I'm sure I could learn Pro Tools. It's not that big of a deal, but how many dolls do I need? I mean, I already have Reaper. I have Adobe Audition. I have Audacity. How many do I need? Yep. And I think that there's a couple of tweets in this article from The Verge. Uh, one of them is from, from Shannon Lynn, and she says, um, she's talking about another woman, uh, Joanne, taught me that audio editing is like learning how to drive. You master one program and you can easily pick up others. Also, Pro Tools is expensive. How can we expect to bring in people from different backgrounds to our newsrooms if lack of access is a major barrier? And I think it doesn't necessarily just um, stop there. And that lack of access isn't just that money. Sometimes the lack of access is the actual infrastructure. It's the computer that is able to work with Pro Tools. Right. Because it doesn't matter sometimes that you might have access to a specific kind of program. But if you have to use that one program on a computer that can't use it, then you're not going to be able to make it work regardless of what that is. Right. And it's sort of like I also know a little bit of design, but does I know Canva design? (laughs) Yeah, me too. You know what I mean? Which is like not graphic design in the way that you learn it. But in some ways, that's enough to get a lot of jobs done, specifically the jobs of marketing at a basic level. When you need to do like some amazingly beautiful campaigns that are based on a graphical context or really creating a brand look that really merits a thoughtfulness, you do need somebody who knows how to do all of those things and maybe create those nuances on something like what is the thing, the Adobe Suites, you know, like all of those stuff. But I think that it's a little extra for a lot of people. It's like asking everyday folks to to just learn how to use those at times when you really just need the Canva at this moment in time. So I don't know. What do you think, Jess? I mean, what if what do you think about this whole context of it? Is it putting people off? 
or I mean, I can only because I don't edit, I can only compare it to like my world of the design space. And in the graphic design world, there's Adobe and Adobe is pretty much the industry standard for everything. So it's very surprising to me that something would go above and beyond Adobe for any reason. That said, they do have, you know, when you're doing video, there's whatever Adobe has. And then there's Final Cut Pro, which is an Apple tool. And this isn't even that. I sort of feel like for our purposes, it's not necessary, but it's kind of that thing that like, it's the difference between having a podcast directory and putting yourself in IMDb. Like, like we don't need, you know, we might be um, storytellers, but that doesn't mean we need to be in SAG. This is sort right. of the, this is sort of the same thing to me, you know. Like it's like a, it feels to me that it is a it's like a career choice at this moment. Yeah. Meaning, if you're in this frame, right? It's sort of like I didn't even know like there's career paths. Like you're you're wanting to what is it that I think I saw this? Somebody like you become you study law, but you study law so that you can become. There's a title that you're looking for, or maybe yes. somebody's like in a company looking to become a CEO, and therefore you invest in this professional structure going like yeah. that. Oh, you know, that kind of stuff. And then Carrie says, mentions into the scene here that in, you know, journalism school, they're teaching Hindenburg, which is, a, again, it's a fantastic That's interesting. Tool. Then why? It's a fa- right. Yeah. So then this must be for people who, yeah, just whatever. Maybe it's like the fancy pants people. You know, I don't know because I would think that Hindenburg is a solid piece of doll. It's always a good skill to have, but I'm not sure it's necessary. I don't know. People always tell us our show sounds great. And if we're not using it, then who gives a fuck, I guess. (laughs) Well, no, but see... I think that part of it here is is thinking about the development of the podcasting industry scene, like the fancy entertainment, the fancy coastal, the fancy public media, Mm -hmm. all those folks that have the the clout out there. These are the people that have built themselves a studio with sure microphones and special ring lights with backlighting and the whole thing. Like that's what this is for. It's for people who take themselves very seriously. Well, not even sure. Micro- they probably have like that $12,000 microphone or whatever. The other thing is, if you're going to work for a company and you're going to be an employee of a company, then you have to work with their tools. If you're going to be an editor, I don't need somebody to give, you know, I don't have to work in Pro Tools because they work in Pro Tools. All they have to do is send me their audio in a waveform or an MP3. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And then I can take their show and their music and their commercials and all and lay it in together and send them a uh, MP3. Yeah. Now, if they want to be able to swap that stuff out at a later date and they want all the files, then that's where it becomes a problem because they then they would need Adobe Audition or Hindenburg or whatever you're going to use. So if I was an editor for, I don't know, let's pick somebody, Megan Kelly, I'll just use her. And so she wanted to work in Pro Tools. Well, I would send her, and I wouldn't just send her an MP3, I would send her the whole Pro Tools file so she would have it. So in case something happened and they wanted to take out a sponsor, they could take out one sponsor, drop in another sponsor and do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just working with the same tools. Yeah. I think that's sense. all it is. I'm not sure being able to apply for a lot of these jobs, like again, Carrie brings to the to the table here that she says most companies and other industries provide you with the tools. And I do believe that that's true. I mean, if you're hired at a company, usually they do provide all the stuff. And I don't know, Jess, you worked 
with your last corporate job,、mm-hmm. were you already doing graphic stuff、yeah. or were you not? Yep. Yes. Did they get you your suite of things to work with or did you have your own? I did already have my own, but when I got there, they equipped me with a computer. I, asked, I mean, I had to ask them for what I needed. Like they were about to give me like a terrible PC with old shit. So I needed a brand new Mac, brand new Adobe. And、uh, enough、uh, memory to、mm-hmm. process that、yeah. shit. But at first, they, yeah, they didn't. It took about a month or two for, in order for me to get the right tools I needed to do the damn job. I had to bring my computer from home, my laptop in, so that I could、right. do the work they needed me to do because they were too, like, about graphics、right. to do it. Yeah, I would say that that's something that we have to advocate for, especially, you know, when it comes to that, that kind of work. And that would be my thing. Like, if you want me to work on this, then you need to know that. Yeah. I do know that if, I were like if I personally were hiring somebody to work with me really close to me, as in like my executive assistant that has access to all the stuff,、mm-hmm. I would probably need them to be a Mac user already. My、mm-hmm. hope would be that I would have to make a choice based on them already owning a Mac because at this point I'm not in a position to buy them one, <laughs> although I would want that to be、yeah. the case. Yeah. But I would require simply that because that way I don't have to figure out like how not to use that. Right. So, anyway, yeah. And Carrie mentions, I feel that this tells you what podcast production houses are not spending money on. And <laughs> it's sound. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that is true. I mean, I, They have no idea. Is that bad? I guess. Yeah. But it's something to think about the, the tools that we use and how that could actually price people out based on the work that they're doing. And that there's times. When folks can actually do a good job if they were provided with the tools. I have a feeling that there's a lot of incredible, gifted, not only hosts, but folks that can really, that are performers, that can be voiceover actors, that can、um, actually have a, an understanding of how to work with audio, maybe just in the editing suite.、Mm-hmm. And that what they need is to be able to get their hands on the things. So, they、mm-hmm. can play with them because right now they don't have even access to like a solid microphone that they can use to play with things like that. And, and it's, it's interesting to see how that is playing out in the space nowadays. Yeah. Just, Elsie, just think about when you did the audiobooks. I know. And then you had to get that the format to get into what was it? I have it, Audible. Audible. Yes. And you had to format everything to go to Audible. And then you said to me, Have you done that before? And I'm like, No,、oh, but I'm pretty sure I can figure it out. And I did. I went in and watched a couple of videos and then boom, we did it. And I did it the same thing with Stacey Sims when she did her book. She read the book. She sent me the files. I edited everything down, formatted everything and sent it back to her. So we can do whatever's needed in anything that we use. I mean, in, in any doll that we use. So it's just, again, it's preference, but the industry. Mainstream industry is setting Pro Tools as the one that they want to use. Right. I'm not too keen on that. But hey, <laughs> who am I? Who are you? But mo- who am I? So shall we move on? <laughs> that was, we shall.、Yes. Okay. We shall. We shall move on. So, so <sighs> you take it, Jessica. We're back to Clubhouse. We're back to Clubhouse because I wanted to give a little feedback. We didn't get a chance to do some feedback. I know. Because we did get some. We have feedback from Bonnie because hi, Bonnie. 
And we have feedback from someone else, I think, wrote us Danusia. about Danusia. Danusia. That's Danusia right. Danusia or Danusia. I'm sorry if I'm mispr- mispronouncing your name. It is a very beautiful name to look at. That's right. So I'm going to read Danusia's uh, email to us. She said, hey, I'd love to dispel the myth that you mentioned about Clubhouse being a state's based network that outsiders of the country need to circumnavigate. That's mm-hmm. a big word. That's not one bit true. There's many people outside the USA. Trust me, I write from the UK and having checked around once I became member, I can see UK Europe friends who were there as early adopters. I'd not want the idea that Clubhouse is for Americans until it isn't. Warmest Danusia. So... <laughs> So there, I mean, I don't know. I tried, I actually did try to do a real quick search, but because they are in a closed beta, their FAQs are hard to find. And every time that I search for Clubhouse app, I end up with, there's a productivity app called Clubhouse Mm -hmm. and I get super confused. So I believe you, Danusha. I haven't found anything yet, but I have seen that some of our non-US friends are in there. So, hey. You can be in it. <laughs> I just don't hey. know exactly how it works. Um, I think I let Lena in. Well, you did? I All think, right. yeah. She gave me her phone number and I popped her in there. We were talking about it in the QA, my QA, I okay. guess not last week because my QA is tomorrow. So like two weeks ago, we were talking about it. Yeah. So we had that bit of feedback and then Bonnie um, sent us a, she did a video, which we'll link in the show notes. It's a little bit like, it's a long video, not a long video, but I mean, it's more than a couple minutes or less than a minute. So she essentially clarifies the fact that Clubhouse is primarily for really connecting with people that are not like you and that the mission statement of Clubhouse is one that is about stepping outside your own comfort zone and getting to know folks and then really Mm -hmm. creating sort of like togetherness and feeling of getting to know people that are not like you and forging relationships that way. She said that there are a lot of really creative things being done. I think one of the things she mentioned was a theater production of sorts where it's kind of like what people have been doing with the Zoom stuff, but all on Clubhouse happening live. Uh, There's been a lot of uh, conversations that she's been a part of that she would have never been able to if she hadn't been on Clubhouse, you know, all of those things. So Because my perception every time that I saw or still, in all honesty, still see promoted is all very much leveraging and entrepreneurial-ish type. So you put a lot of stuff in today's show notes about Clubhouse, which led me to believe that you were a converted and changed enthusiast. Now I'm realizing perhaps that's not the case. Uh, Yeah. So you love it? Yes. No. Okay. I don't. I haven't just gone back sure. in. I haven't gone back in. I really, I'm just giving the feedback that we got on Clubhouse and to mm-hmm. open up the discussion based on the fact that there are all these other types of conversations that are happening in there and that acknowledge the positive impact that being in the app could have to further the mission that the Clubhouse people began. That it Mm. is a place where you get an opportunity to be exposed to conversations you wouldn't otherwise have. But do we... So, (laughs) first of all, I just want to sidetrack for a minute and ask our listeners how we feel about 
Video and voice feedback on our cell phones. When someone is sending you a text message. Right. And I've noticed that there are specific people that do this, like they just do it only. So for example, my friend Rachel Luna, Uh if I'm texting her, inevitably within five minutes, she'll start talking into her phone and sending me audio messages. Uh Uh-huh. Like it's a walkie-talkie. I do that to you sometimes when I'm walking. Never. Almost never. Only if you're walking outside. But, you know, and only, and you apologize profusely beforehand, usually. You're just like, I'm sorry, I have to, I have to walk. But there are certain people that only do this or they only take a video of themselves, talk, and then send it to you. And then the rest of us who don't do this or don't want this are either going to miss their message or find a way of listening and watching something that they don't have time to listen or watch. Uh So I just want to know, I don't know what I want to know. How do we feel about these people exactly? (laughs) What does that have to do with Clubhouse? It doesn't, but it does. It does because, because Bonnie Godlover is one of these people. She loves to send me audio messages. Talking for her is easier than texting, which I get. Yeah. Which explains to me also why Clubhouse is her jam. Right. Because she does not like texting. And so it's a way for her to speed up the process of getting her information out into the world. Whereas like for the, you know, she, I, she, I don't know if she blogs, but I'm going to guess not. If she, or she did, she doesn't anymore. But I'm guessing. I don't know for sure. But even if I was one of these people, I, I don't like Clubhouse still because every time I go in there, I see at least four ask a millionaire a question group. Right. Yeah. No, I and mean I also have invitations from people that are happening right now. Like when I see Clubhouse come up on my phone, it's this person has tagged you to join this group right now. Mm. Talk to me about this right now. And I hate right now. Don't ever right now me. Right now does not exist in my world. I just did that for our own text, mind you. We're live right now. I think I said something like that. But anyway. But you ahead. don't. Yeah. But you don't call me without right saying, now? can I call you? Yeah. Right. Like, like Elsie and I don't just pick up the phone and go, hey, what's up? I have one friend that I do that with. And that's because she never reads her texts. I just know if I call her, it'll get faster. But for the most part, Clubhouse is a right now kind of thing for right now kind of people. And if you're not one of those people. It's just not going to be your jam. So you posted an article about Silicon Valley Mm -hmm. and why Clubhouse is a good example of how we should be. Well, let me just paraphrase what I saw in there, which was this. Mark Anderson, who's an investor, published a rallying cry last month about America's dismal response to the coronavirus being blamed on smug complacency a satisfaction with the status quo and the unwillingness to build, which I wholeheartedly agree about, by the way, that there's no very little ingenuity that we need to rebuild entire systems, certainly healthcare, definitely government assistance of any kind, minimum wage, the way we work, which I already was on the bandwagon for that because of my husband and the way he had to keep going into work to manage people in Denver, which makes no fucking sense. I don't live in Denver. And the man was sick. He was like chronically ill. We couldn't figure out what it was. And he was constantly getting in trouble and losing vacation because he wanted to work from home. Fuck that shit. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. The point is everything has to be rebuilt. But then they go on to say, 
One of the first things this guy and other venture capitalists have rushed to help build is Clubhouse, a social media app where venture capitalists have gathered to mingle with one another while they're quarantined in their homes. (laughs) And that, my friends, is why I hate Clubhouse, because it's like Damon John and Lewis Howes and every other penis with a million dollars trying to tell you how to be exactly like them, which, by the way, is impossible. Impossible, I tell you. Impossible. It is what podcasting was when I started a podcast. It is a thousand men telling you how to do your business, lead your life, emulate them when they have no wives, no children, full nannies. Like, just be quiet. Just sit down and be quiet for once in your fucking life. Don't take a channel and piss all over it with your money pee. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it. I I am. Okay. Shauna says, I listened to a great group talking about how to do a TED talk. Yes. Beautiful. I've also seen meditation groups, which I think are nice. I've seen people do good morning groups. Just want to say good morning. Have a great day. Fine. But when I open Clubhouse, literally every time it's ask a millionaire. And even if I wanted to ask a millionaire, which I don't, there's a thousand people in these rooms just like dripping off their every word. Let me surp up every little word. Let me write down everything they well, say so that I can be a millionaire by next month. Listen, Shut up. Well, I know. Well, so here. See, all of that stuff I see, I get it, which is why I'm bringing this up. But here's the thing, though. As much as I, I, I absolutely 100% agree, Jess, there mm-hmm. is the other aspect where I think that there are a lot of folks that are able to rebuild things in a way that the initial people didn't even have an idea that they could do, right? Of so course. the Why magic of that is still there. It was it's perfect for when it was built. All the things that need to be rebuilt, right. hospitals, and it was all perfect. Right. And I have seen some of my friends... I know Tangia has started to do a meditation, like a 15-minute meditation, which I think is really helpful. Like you just go in there and you do a little meditation and you go around your way. I think that their use case for some of these really innovative platforms is great. So yay, I am cool with that. But I absolutely agree with you when it comes to other things. Now, before I continue with my... We're going to discuss what I named this segment that I don't know if it's going to keep its name, but just to see how my brain works and how Jessica's brains works. But before we do that, we're going to hear from our new sponsor. Excuse me. Yes. This is not about how my brain works before we get to our new sponsor. Okay, I know. Sorry. This is about American culture and your your unwillingness to be a part of it is what it is. Let's hear from our sponsor now. Okay. But we're not going to hear from her because she's not here. But I'll tell you all about her. Stacey Sims who is a brilliant friend and fellow podcaster, has created a sponsorship course, which we highly think you should check out. And the landing page, the link is bit.ly. You shouldn't say bit.ly.com because it's actually bit.ly forward slash podcast money quiz. You take the quiz to get started to see if you're ready to monetize. And then she has a course that teaches you to get started with confidence. She's been turning a profit from her award-winning podcast, Diabetes Connections, for five years. And by the way, she does not have thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads. Because how many people do you think with diabetes also listen to a podcast? Not that many, it turns out, but it doesn't matter. 
I mean, hundreds, but you know, not yes, tens yes. of thousands. Yes. Okay. But she has made a profit from almost day one. She's helped dozens of podcasters behind the scenes. Now she's sharing her secrets to success. So no matter how long you've been podcasting, it's a no obligation quiz. Just go to bit.ly forward slash podcast money quiz. Check it out. There's seven questions that will reveal if it's time to jumpstart your profits. And you can also follow Stacey Sims on social for can't miss updates like her free webinar, which is coming up in February. So check that out. Woo-hoo. We'll also be posting it in our group. We'll also have it in our show notes and in our email this week. But yeah, she's a smart lady. I'm excited to see what she's going to teach us. Totally. And I'm 100% behind that too, because, you know, Stacy is a real deal. She's actually been doing, she's actually been doing yes. and succeeding at what she's been doing for five years. There's, I, I guarantee you, there's very few people who can actually say that in podcasting specifically. So, yes, and not be lying. <laughs> a lot of them are lying. <laughs> but... Okay, moving forward, and I see Lena. I'm gonna just one second with what John. Just shameless plug. Her show sounds amazing because I edited. Oh, oh yeah, perfect. John edits her show too. Wonderful. Woo hoo! All right. So Lena says, and there is an e-leaguers with a room. Real talk about podcasting. No BS zone on Wednesdays. So yay! So that is on Clubhouse. Wait, who is that? I forget. Is it Carrie? That's Lane. What do you mean? What? There's an e-leaguers. With the room, real talk about podcasting, no BS. But she no, it's not who. Carrie. It's um, I believe it's um, um, Lena. Tell us. I know I haven't even been looking at the room. It's like I know Jen, and I haven't gone into Voxer to check any of that stuff. As you can see, that I don't know the thing. So it's one. It's it's my it's my peeps yeah. who are in there doing their thing. But I'm, and I think that it's very good for that. That is fantastic. Yes. I am happy. I am Great. happy for this. I love the idea that you can do QAs in there, and I may even try that. But if I have to wade through a bunch of money grubbing, marketing hungry, drooling goons, then why? Then I don't wanna. I just don't want to. I think they got that. Part. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Now. But now I want. So I wanted to start this other segment mm-hmm. of our show, and I I wanted it to be like a soapbox segment. Where I kind of preach a little and I thought, but I didn't want to call it soapbox. So I said I wanted it to be a love box and I was going to have it would be Elsie's love box. And then I sent that text over to Jess mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. Jessica told me that that's not good because a love box is something that I didn't know it was. Because for some reason, Elsie. Can't make the connection between love box and vagina. <laughs> I mean, that I mean, that wasn't even the text. Hold on. I even should read it to you because it was the first thing I saw this morning from Elsie. Not good morning. How you doing? It was this. He, she was so mad, too, when I told her. Happy Monday. So I want to have a bit of a segment called Elsie Love Box, kind of like Jessica's pet peeves. Does love box have any weird connotations? I don't know. So you did have a clue, Elsie. I want it to be sort of like soapbox. And I said, love box means vagina. (laughs) And why did you ask me this off the air? And then she's like, why? Why is everything sex? Why? 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 Sex, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, You obviously, I didn't even realize, but now I realize, yes, you had a connection that love box would mean something or you wouldn't have asked me. God, I want this to be a segment now because I want to do the segment 
bumper for this. I mean, I'm okay with calling it the love Elsie's love box. If that's what needs to happen, just know that I'll be making a t-shirt and it's going to say Elsie's love box on it. And I'm going to wear it to every conference. Elsie's love box, baby. Come on. Right. So love we're going to have to take baby love box. Love box. Okay. So <laughs> if I call it that, the, here's that's the thing. I'm at. cool with we well, let's take a poll. Let's take a no. poll from our people. No, don't buy. You don't want Elsie's love box at all. A poll for the love box. <laughs> Listen, you know what it means. You either want to use it or you don't. You don't have to ask them if they approve of your vagina being a segment. <laughs> I mean, who's going to say no to Elsie's vagina? Nobody. Nobody. They're not going to say you can't use Elsie's love box because it's hilarious. And also indicative of your entire personality and the way you approach life in this country, which is I make my own rules and I don't care what other Americans want, need, look at, judge. Oh, my God. I'm just going to do what I do. All right. Well, okay. So we'll call it Elsie's Love Box. Great. Here we go. But at, at least, yeah, because, yeah. Anyway. Love box, baby, love <laughs> box. That's going to be your jingle. Love box, baby. That's where it's at. <laughs> love box, baby. Oh, my God. Y'all. That's what, okay. It's going to take the. Okay. But so let me talk about why I wanted to have this conversation. <laughs> because people have been approaching me more than once Mm-mm. from our own community. Mm-mm. About Clubhouse, Oy. and then it there's a part of me, you know, I like you heard. There's a lot of incredible goodness to it. Yes, there is. There is a lot of positive stuff that could happen from that platform Definitely. for sure. I mean, we had somebody sign up for the Super Squad directly from you speaking at Clubhouse. So obviously, me? there are results. Yeah, me. I spoke in Clubhouse. You I were remember. in. You were in Clubhouse, and Dod posted that we had. Somebody came into the Super Squad directly oh, from Clubhouse. They said okay, it was because okay. they heard you talk. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was with, I think that was a spontaneous joining that I did with Dave Jackson and Rob Greenlee and a bunch of other, okay. Evo maybe. But all I'm saying is that as you see with that, even just okay, so that small thing, there mm-hmm. is something to be said about okay. that platform mm-hmm. and the value that it brings to us. I'm not opposed to it. I just don't like everyone else on it right now. Right. <laughs> just kidding. But here's yeah. my my whole thing about this is that the concerns that I was getting and the feeling that I was getting from our community was based on the fear of missing out. And it was giving people, the folks that I serve, the people that I care for in podcasting, giving them anxiety and making them feel like they didn't, like they needed to do this thing. And if they didn't do this thing, then they were going to miss out on Insert whatever that is, the money, the fame, the connections, something's going in there. I'm not in there. And it was this feeling of like, should I be there or should I not be there? As if joining Clubhouse is going to somehow be the thing that defines success. And I'm not saying this to do belittle them at all. This is about the feeling that you have, uh, that we often have about not being somewhere and feeling like we should do that and then somehow giving our power to something that is outside of ourselves that isn't really relevant to who we are mm-hmm. or our success mm-hmm. and addressing the anxiety that comes from 
owning yourself and saying, you know what, this isn't right for me right now. I don't want to join and it's okay if I don't and I'm not missing out. And the power that social media and the conversations out there in the space, particularly with, with these viral platforms that are happening, that you keep seeing these posts. Clubhouse, Jimmy, Clubhouse. It was so great. Clubhouse, Clubhouse, Clubhouse. And then you're like, am I miss? Like you literally can't even be in your own world because people are screaming that you should be in there. Right. And then you are feeling like this thing inside of you. So I just want to tell everybody that you don't have to join and you don't have to go into Clubhouse and you're not missing out. Yeah. And if you have way too many things like living your life and getting your stuff done and recording your show and promoting your show and, you know, being present to your partner and taking care of your kids or your parents or you're sick or whatever, it's okay for you not to be there. There's nothing that makes you any less than if you choose not to. You're not missing out. Hallelujah. That's it. So I wanted to also share a couple of articles. That Why I, did this I did, have to go in a love box, though? You couldn't have just because I didn't want letters. to have it be. I wanted to be loving, just okay, loving from a no, loving place. How about a love letter? A love letter, but it has to have a little bit of a. <clears throat> well, anyway, let's not get. A, I'm finishing up here. My thing. I'm finishing oh, sorry, up sorry, my sorry, sorry, sorry. preaching. Go, go, okay, go, go, go. so. This is an art, like there's two articles. So there's this white paper. It's called A Threat to Loyalty, Fear of Missing Out, FOMO, Leads to Reluctance to Repeat Current Experiences. And one of the quotes in there, it says, today plagued by continual rushing and in uh, a sense of urgency, people pursue more, live faster, and here's the key, feel that their resources are insufficient. And whenever you start to tap into that fear of missing out, you immediately turn it into yourself, and you immediately think you do not have enough. I'm missing something, obviously. I lack the resources that I need in order to whatever, not because of the reality of your situation, but because of the external pressure that you're feeling from these apps and this mm-hmm. and this marketing that is making you feel as if you are insufficient. So I just want you to hold that for a little bit and think about, that how bad that is. You're literally being told by other people that you're not enough. Yeah. It it actually you should read this abstract. It is really interesting. It's it's fully like very very scientific in nature. But when you start to read that, there was another one um, that I got here. Another research, another article that is really based on the fact of triggering that fear of missing out, and in, in itself, it is just a, a negative way of causing people to join into things that are not for them. And so we are missing our ability to make choices that are based on the reality of our current circumstances versus what we feel we need to have. I just don't think that's cool. Um, and there's another article called from vice.com, which I know that you all, a lot of you, especially those that are watching and, and have been listening to us for a while, know the power of social media. And it's an article from Vice, and it's called Your Addiction to Social Media is No Accident. And in the same way that that um, wonderful documentary came up about Facebook that came out, I think, on Netflix, about the manipulations that happen on those social media platforms, you can really read the way that a lot of these social media companies are built on these psychological tricks that get Mm -hmm. you to do stuff. And so You know, one of the reasons that we have the She Podcast Super Squad, and to some degree, there's a lot of people that don't go into the Super Squad itself 
to communicate with one another is because we have not built in those things that are going to be poking you at all points for you to go in there in the same way that Facebook does. We will, in the same but way we have apps do. It's true. And I think that that is something that I value it because it makes us choose. I want to go in there to have to be intentional about asking a question, about consuming a piece of content, about engaging with somebody, about messaging somebody, about learning how this platform works outside. And you have the agency over that versus let's send all of these triggers. Mm -hmm. I don't discount the power of the triggers because that's why we have the messaging app. Right. It's great. I want you guys to get a message that pokes at you and go, oh, she's doing this, but I don't want to own you. And there are... There's screenshots. Jessica, I don't know if you got a chance to see. Look at these screenshots of the time folks spent on Clubhouse. So this this guy, and I would be really intrigued to see if you guys would be willing to send a screenshot of the time that you spent on Clubhouse. Jesus H. Christ. Yeah. This one person spent 21 hours and 47 minutes last week. Yeah, but... You know, and and I know people are, I see people saying like, oh, I just spent the last two hours on Clubhouse. Like, most of us don't have that kind of time. I hate to say it. This is what I'm saying. But come on, we don't have that kind of time. No one. What? To be able to see, like, people's screenshots of the time on Clubhouse and it like, and again, I'm not saying don't do it because there's some people who really, I mean, it could be an amazing place, but like. I can't. No, right? I and can't then, also can't. And it's valuable for me to say, it's okay if I'm not there and I am not the boss of Clubhouse and all the things that it brings. She Podcast will have a presence. We are going to do stuff on there, but we have to be more mindful and we need to do it deliberately versus because you need to be in there. Yes. If you're not there, mm-hmm. you will lose out on all the things. You will never... Be meaningful. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. So anyway, that's my. Oh, you're so right. That's it. That that was my thing. That's it. I'm giving you permission, all of you, to not go there if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Don't feel pressured. And you are sufficient. Yeah. I mean, I think that's. Yeah. Actually, that's all we have. That's our whole show for today. (laughs) And we are going to end on Elsie's love box because how could you not? (laughs) (laughs) that's <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about you Elsie. everything of everything that about this is my favorite thing about you <laughs> it's a shame we can't even use elsie's love box as a title i don't think no well we Why could not? i don't know you think Jesus. i yeah. think love box is a good thing to put for today yeah. just for today Elsie's that can be the title. title love box why not yeah i mean yeah. it'll get a lot of listens I know. Oh, that's true. Remember it the last time we a used a lot of listens. Used, remember when we got like we, we the, the how big of downloads we got on that one episode we put out with that one title. We we're like, I'm oh, telling yeah. you, and all my lady business ones, the dirtier the title, the more it gets listened to. I mean, I think they're even they don't even care that it's not about what they thought it was about. They just keep going. It's ridiculous. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Any hooser. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. Please check out ShePodcast.com for our show notes, all the links that you heard about today and anything that you want to check out as far as like what we talked about. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ShePodcast. If you have any feedback for today, send it to feedback at ShePodcast.com. 
welcome to send audio. Please try to refrain from video because we can't turn it into audio because we don't want to. Sorry. <laughs> we love you. Um, we will maybe see you on Clubhouse. We are still figuring out how to make it work for us. We'd love for you to join the super squad, though. Go to ShePodcast.com forward slash squad. We have a birthday special happening until February 8th because it was my birthday and then it's going to be Elsie's birthday. So um, go ahead, check that out. ShePodcast.com forward slash squash for the sliding scale, which will only be up until mid-February. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>